0: From the cradle of liberty in Philadelphia, all the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis, to high atop
1: the Wasatch Mountains in Utah.
0: This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe here Show. You don't say-
1: It's Friday. Welcome to the Joe Carey Show, right here on K Talk sixteen forty a.m. and uh, KYAH, as well as the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Thank you for uh, tuning in and uh, catching the show. I um, today is phone in Friday, so eight zero one three three one eighty one thirteen eight zero one three three one eighty one thirteen. Like to hear from you if something's on your mind, a topic that you'd like to discuss, something that came up in the news that you just like to uh, bounce uh, off someone, give us a call, 801-331-8113. And if we think your topic's interesting, we'll actually take your call. I want to talk about uh, Joe Biden because this is one funny bird. I mean, one minute, right? He's talking about, you know, I'm going to go off in the I'm going to be on the back porch and I'm going to fire off a few rounds out of my 12-gauge. And that's gonna you know that's gonna scare those bad people straight. remember when he said that that was his advice when people said, "Yeah, you don't need an a r fifteen just go out to your back porch and illegally fire off some rounds into outer space because that's tough Joe Biden, right? That's the Joe Biden that takes Amtrak to washington d c and then the next minute he's talking about, yeah, well, you know Trump just better watch what he's doing because if if he and I ever meet up, I'm gonna take him out back and you know, put a hurtin' on him. That's the tough Joe. That's the Corn Pop Joe Biden, right? That's the Joe Biden that showed up when Corn Pop was visiting his swimming pool. I mean, you remember this story, right? Joe Biden is a lifeguard in Wilmington, Delaware. And as Joe Biden describes it, Corn Pop shows up on the scene. Who is this notorious neighborhood bad kid? I mean, he would jaywalk, when he opened up his can of soda, that little tab, corn pop would actually discard it on the street. He wouldn't recycle. This was a bad guy. And Joe Biden was like, I've had enough of corn pop. And Brian, what was the incident? Was corn pop running around the pool or he cut? In, was he running? Yeah. So, like, you know, he, he dives off the board and then he, he's running around to get back in line. And he's not recycling. So Joe Biden was like, this is unacceptable, right? Joe Biden is woke, even at this young teenage time. So Biden says, he said he rolled up his sleeves, and then Biden's like, well, that doesn't make sense because I'm a lifeguard, I'm not wearing... He said, oh, no, I didn't roll up my sleeves, but I had enough of Corn Pop. And so he tells Corn Pop, I think he called him a female name, like Barack or something. He's like, you know, I've had enough of this. But then as the pool was closing down... Joe Biden, you know, he's got that, that, uh, you know, special ops, you know, sense of danger. And he's like, wait a second, something's not right here. And he realizes that corn pop is going to be waiting with snap and crackle behind the shed. So Biden is now a little bit worried because this is tough guy Biden. So he looks around And I mean, just serendipitously, just, I mean, at a pure coincidence, think about this, because you've all seen it, right? Anyone who has gone to a public pool knows two things, you know, immediately get tested for STDs when you leave. And two, there are always like weapons of choice around the pool. There's a gun, a chainsaw, rope, candle. It's like a game of Clue. Well, Biden sees a six inch chain just lying there at the pool. You would think as a lifeguard instead of telling Corn Pop to recycle and walk he'd be looking at the six-inch chain, the knives, the syringes and cleaning all that up. Well, he picks up this chain and he basically he goes back and he has a one-to-one with Corn Pop. But the first thing Joe Biden did was he apologized. He's like I don't want a repeat of the Hamilton Burr, I'm going to I'm going to take the first I'm going to apologize. Corn was like, WTF? What do you what do you mean? Apologize? Well, we're here to fight. But Biden de-escalated the situation because that's what tough guys do, right? That's what real men do. They don't need to fight. So corn pop goes his way, Joe Biden goes his way. I want to know what happened to the tough guy Joe Biden. What happened to the corn pop Joe Biden? Right? The guy that was going to take Donald Trump behind the woodshed and put a hurting on him. Because the Joe Biden that's showing up lately is the crying version of Joe Biden. Because now he's crying and he's sobbing. The New York Times runs a story that's critical Of Joe Biden and his son. Now Biden doesn't attack the facts of the story. Biden doesn't attack the accuracy of the story. Biden sheds sheds crocodile tears over the fact that New York Times ran the story. Mr. Vice President, corn pop would be disappointed. If you think the facts are wrong, attack the facts. If you think that you know, the New York Times uh, got it wrong, I think it's completely appropriate to call them out and say, "Hey, you're wrong on this." but to come out and say, "Hey, you can't run this story because I don't like it." That's the crybaby version of Joe Biden. The other thing is, and, and I'm very concerned. You know, I'm, I'm conservative and, and, and lean libertarian but I'm very concerned I'm concerned about Hunter Biden no one has seen him for about 60 days would it be inappropriate to put out an APB on Joe Biden's son no one has seen him it's like he's I'm not even sure he's on the planet remember when Tesla launched that car into space Hunter may have been in the passenger seat we have no idea where Hunter Biden is Now, Hunter Biden is at the center of two different scandals, right? One, Ukraine, $50,000 a month. And now China, he walks away from China with $1.5 billion. Where's the media? Why isn't the media saying we'd like to talk to Hunter Biden? Apparently, Hunter Biden's a genius. He's doing energy deals in the Ukraine. He's doing energy deals in China. You would think he would step forward and say, look, let me, let me tell you what I did to earn this money. The reason Hunter Biden is not talking before the media is because he can't answer the questions. Because when you ask somebody, what did you do to earn $50,000? You better produce a couple boxes full of stuff to say, this is what I did. Because the only other explanation is, well, they really hired me for my dad. So the reason Hunter Biden isn't talking to the media, the reason Hunter Biden has disappeared is because there's no explanation. There's no plausible explanation. And the more Hunter Biden talks, my suspicion, the worse it looks for Hunter Biden, the worse it looks for the Biden clan. Yeah, because don't forget, the story just broke that Joe Biden picked up a $900,000 check from Burisma. Now, the part that you don't know and the part that I want to share is because it's it's okay to say, hey, Joe Biden took this $900,000 check. But give the man his props when he deserves them. Because what you don't know is he took a portion of that $900,000 And he cleaned up all the swimming pools and the loose chains hanging around those pools. No, he didn't do that. That's uh, corn pop is on his own. He's got to clean up his own chains. That's what we call in the business satirical exaggeration. But why isn't the media asking, where is Hunter Biden? Why isn't Hunter Biden answering these questions? Because it damages their narrative. It damages their story. It detracts from, you know, the impeachment rhetoric that they want to consume Washington, D.C. The majority of the people, I don't think they care. I really don't. I mean, there's the political class. And I'm not talking just politicians. I'm talking the people that eat, sleep, and breathe politics. And you probably know one of those people in your family. Either they're pro-Trump or they're anti-Trump. But to a a degree, they're just consumed by politics. They care. The rest of the country wants to look around and say, hey, do I have a job? Am I going to be able to afford my mortgage? Am I going to be able to make ends meet? That's where their focus is. When we come back, uh, the Democrats had a, a town hall with CNN yesterday. You won't believe the attacks that they leveled. We'll have that story right after this break. Back to the Joe Carey Show right here on K Talk 1640 AM and uh, KYAH with the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Thank you for uh, tuning in. I want to talk about um, what happened last night. Was it Minneapolis, uh, Brian? Is that where he was, uh, the president? And uh, I'd, I'd like to hear from you. 801 331 8113. 801 331 8113. It comes down to uh, the president, you know, and I get it, right? When the president's appearing at a rally, he's not appearing technically as the president, right? He's, he's appearing as a candidate running for office. But he's still the president, right? He's still, you just don't check out of that office, even if you appear as a candidate at a campaign rally. Now, the legal distinction is significant because, you know, the funds you use to pay for that appearance, you know, the uh, the money involved, the security, it's all different because you're doing it as a candidate, not the president. And that's the way it should be. So the president has a tendency to slip into this very loose and and crass uh, talk when he's appearing as a candidate. And yesterday. It was really unbecoming, and I'd like your thoughts on this. But the president is giving this speech. He's before his most ardent supporters, right? And there's this mob mentality. There's this you draw out the worst in people when you're in that mob mentality because you're each egging each other on. So the president gets up and he says, you know, he talks about Joe Biden, he talks about the Ukraine, he talks about Hunter Biden, and then he says something along the lines that, you know, the, uh, Joe Biden was a good vice president because he knew how to kiss Barack Obama's butt. And he didn't say butt, but he said, you know, he uh, Joe Biden was a good vice president because he knew how to kiss Barack Obama's butt. That's not appropriate. It's wrong. It's below the dignity of the office of president. I mean, does anyone disagree with that statement? Is there anyone right now thinking, no, you know what, the president should be able to say that. I'd love to hear from you. If you think that it's okay for a president to use that kind of language and talk about a former vice president that way. I don't think it is. It wouldn't be right if Obama said it. It wouldn't be right if Clinton said it. It's certainly not right for Donald Trump to say it. Now, does that mean it's an impeachable offense? Does that mean that you can run and say the president should be impeached? No. But is it appropriate for someone to stand up and call him out? Absolutely. Absolutely, If Mitt Romney wants to stand up and call the president out on a situation, in my opinion, this is the perfect example. This is the perfect opportunity for Massachusetts Mitt to stand up and say, you know, Mr. President, we shouldn't talk like that. Because our kids do watch. They do listen. And it lowers the standard of political dialogue in the country. When talk like that becomes acceptable, it's difficult to raise the bar, right? The bar tends to, what is that, uh, that law of science that says, you know, we're in a state or we're in a constant state of atrophy. We're always breaking down. And it takes real effort to go the other direction. Brian, we've got to ask Ralph what that law is. I'm sure Ralph would know. Is it entropy? Entropy. It's the law of entropy. But it takes a lot of work to reverse that. It takes a lot of work to, to build something. So when Republican and Democrat and cultural critics call out Donald Trump saying, Hey, you know, you're, you're really making the political dialogue crass. It's not just for his presidency. That will reverberate through time. And that's why it matters. And that's why I think the president does deserve to be called out and say, hey, Mr. President, that's beneath you and it's beneath the office. And it just creates other problems because now everybody's talking about, oh, did you hear what Donald Trump said last night? Joe Biden is a butt kisser. Well, isn't every politician? I mean, is that really news? Does that really have to be on the front page of a paper? Hopefully without a photo? No, we all know that, especially the vice president. That's his only job. Keep the president happy. But I think the real story took place last night with CNN. They hosted a town hall. And I will tell you, if you are a person of faith, if you value your relationship with God and you value your church, last night's CNN town hall should petrify you because I have not seen this kind of anti-religious rhetoric from a political stage ever, ever. This is what Elizabeth Warren said. She was asked this question. Let's say a supporter approaches you and says, Senator, I'm old-fashioned, and my faith teaches me that marriage is between one man and one one woman. What is your response? I didn't know it was old-fashioned to believe in traditional marriage, but that's the way this sentence was couched. This is what Warren said her response would be, and I want you to think about this. Warren said, well... I'm going to assume it's a guy who said that. And I'm going to say, then just marry one woman. I'm cool with that. And I'm okay with that answer. If Elizabeth Warren would have stopped there, I think that's a completely appropriate answer. You believe in marriage between one man and one woman? Great, then just marry one woman or marry one man. But she didn't stop there. Like any good politician, she paused and everybody clapped in the audience. And then she came out and said, assuming you can find one. So did you get that? She says, I'm going to assume it's a guy who said that. And I'm going to say, then just marry one man, just marry one woman. I'm cool with that. She paused for applause and then added, assuming you can find one. Why would you add that barb? Why would you fire that missile? Why would you add the gasoline? And in part, it's because she's playing to social media. She needs to break out. And the snarkier you are, the better your results. Let's go to a Rob who has been holding from Salt Lake. Go ahead, sir. You're on the air.
0: Yeah, Joe, I don't, I don't have a problem with President Trump's language. I, I think he's punching back. And, and I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but these these rhino Republicans haven't done this. Mitt Romney, the rhino Republican, you know, he they're not fighting back.
1: But and, and Rob, look, I, I, I get what you're saying. And I'm 100 I'm percent on board. I think that for too long we've just said, you know what, we'll let the other side have their way. But can't he fight back by pointing out the corruption of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden? Can't he fight back by calling out FISA abuse? Does he really need he to use that language? And he has. So why go that extra barb? Why throw that in there? I mean,
0: this is the corruption in this politics. This whole, this charade of the presidents and the, and the politics and the, and the correct politically correct language, has been a farce for forty years. We've been getting ripped off by these thugs. They're thugs. They've been stealing from us through taxation. And patting their own pockets and feathering their own nests. And I've kinda had it. For the struggling, I gotta let me ask you something, Joe. You're an attorney, you're two divorce lawyers. Have you ever have you ever prosecuted somebody for adultery?
1: Mm, no. But no, so you it, know look. in the
0: state of Utah that's a misdemeanor. And punishable up to six months in jail.
1: I didn't know. that. Hey, Rob, I'm sorry. I hear the music queuing up. If you want to hold, we'll pick you up. If you got to go, we'll talk. Hey, have a good weekend. Bye bye. We'll be back right here on The Joe Carey Show.
0: Incredible, thoughtful discussion. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.
1: Hey, welcome back to The Joe Carey Show. You know, and I want to apologize to Rob. We, we are up against that hard break, which means, you know, we can't move it. it. It just starts to play. But, Rob, I want to thank you for calling in. And I think Rob's the perfect example of what Washington, D.C. Is missing, right? They can do their polls, they can do their surveys, but there's a certain intensity, and you heard it in Rob's voice. There's a certain intensity that people are bringing to this election, uh, and I think on both sides. But this is why I think the the Democrats have miscalculated because if they think that hey we're gonna push Trump into this legal corner, Trump can tie up that impeachment for the next ten years. Through appeals and motions and filings. And his supporters aren't going to sit around dispassionately and think, oh, okay, well, we'll just wait for this to work out. No, they've already opened up their pocketbooks. They're opening up their time. Think about this. They're going to a political event waiting hours on end to get inside. That's passion and passion matters because when you're passionate, you're bringing your friends, you're bringing your relatives, you're bringing your family. You are spreading that message. And what happened last night is a disgrace. If you didn't see the video, these Trump supporters leaving the venue and being attacked, being physically assaulted. Remember when you would have an individual that may have been pushed or punched at a Trump rally? And the media would have nonstop coverage. Look at these haters. Look at these Trump people. They're animals. Now you have Trump supporters being attacked with abandon. Leaving a Trump rally and the media could care less. So if you're waiting for the media to vindicate what you believe, if you're waiting for the media to carry the stories and tell the truth you are going to be sorely disappointed. That should be the front page news. We don't do that. We don't behave that way. And I don't care what side of the political aisle you're on. We don't behave that way. That is third world country behavior. We settle our differences at the ballot box. Not in the boxing ring. Not with bullets. But the left eggs people on. And when you call people Nazis and you call people racists and you throw these labels on people and then you act surprised why they're being assaulted in the streets, you're part of the problem. If only Corn Pop Joe were there. He would have stopped it. He would have stood up and told, you know, we're not going to tolerate that. Stop running. Put that Molotov cocktail down. So people are criticizing Donald Trump for saying, you know, uh, Joe, uh, Vice President Biden was a good vice president because, you know, he knew how to kiss Barack Obama's butt. Where's the criticism of Elizabeth Warren when she says, yeah, you know, I'm going to assume it's a guy and I'm going to say then just marry one woman. I'm cool with that. Assuming you can find one. Why would you say that? Why would you take that dig? You think that's presidential? That puts her in the same category as Donald Trump. Remember when Marco Rubio and Donald Trump in the primary in 2016? Trump was just taking all these shots at Rubio, right? He drinks a lot. He sweats a lot. He's short. Remember that? I mean, just nonstop assault. And Rubio tried as long as he could to stay above the fray. Rubio wouldn't respond. Rubio acted presidential. And then Rubio's handlers got to him and Rubio was apparently told you've got to hit back this is now affecting you in the polls and remember what Rubio's response was on stage? Well Donald Trump you have small hands and to me that was the day Marco Rubio lost the election because he climbed down to Donald Trump's level and I think Elizabeth Warren just did the same thing it's okay to disagree. And it's okay to tell people you disagree. But why add the snark? Why go for the applause? Then let's go to Beto O'Rourke. What, what's his first name? Bob Francis? Isn't that his real name? Robert Francis. You got the fake Indian and the fake Mexican. You got Beto O'Rourke. Robert Francis O'Rourke. This is what he said last night at the town hall. Don Lemon asked, uh, this is from your LGBTQ plan, speaking to uh, Robert Francis. This is what you write. Freedom of religion is a fundamental right, but it should not be used to discriminate. This is the question. Do you think religious institutions like colleges, churches, charities, should they lose their tax-exempt status... If they oppose same-sex marriage, this is what Robert Francis said. Yes, there can be no reward, no benefit, no tax break for anyone or any institution, any organization in America that denies the full human rights and the full civil rights of every single one of us. And so as president, we're going to make that a priority and we are going to stop those who are infringing upon human rights. you better sit up and pay attention. What, what does that gobbledygook mean? Well, one, he's saying he's going to strip the tax-exempt status of the Catholic Church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Episcopalian Church, the Methodist Church. You name the church, he's stripping those rights. That tax-exempt status. Tax-exempt status was never granted to these nonprofits. Remember, this whole thing about tax-exempt only came up in the Lyndon Baines Johnson administration because he didn't want to lose a race. So he said, hey, if we slap the nonprofit uh, title on you, you don't get to make political statements. You don't get to make political contributions. And I think the churches took a wrong, a raw deal. They said, yes, that sounds good to us. We get the money, but you also buy our silence. But what does that mean when you deny someone their full human rights? Does that mean that churches have to ordain people not of their faith to certain positions within their uh, ecclesiastical organization? I think that's what he's saying. The same tolerance that the progressive left demands of you and me, believe me when I say they will not extend that same courtesy to you. That's, that's the lesson of time. That's what history teaches us. So you have Elizabeth Warren taking a shot at religion. You have uh, Beto uh, Francis Robert O'Rourke coming out and basically saying, hey, let's strip the churches of their tax-exempt status. And we're focused on Donald Trump, you know, talking about Joe Biden kissing Barack Obama's butt. There are bigger issues at play. And that's why it's not enough to listen, right? And and I'm not one to give the call to say, okay, go out there and join the political party, go out and join the movement. I think, and I believe that the solution is, it's not more involvement with the community and politics. I think that's a part of it. But at the center, at the core has to be, you know, who you are, you know, what your relationship with your God is. And you understand that we're all in this together. That's it. I think. I think that's the core. And then once you have that down, once you you're solid in that, then you go out and say, "Okay, now I'm ready. Where do I sign up? How do I help spread this message?" I think every other way is backwards. I think if we start at politics and try to fix society, it never works. Politicians love it because it keeps the dollars flowing to them. But it will not fix a thing. When we come back, AOC gets a $312 haircut. Yeah, the socialist. We'll have that story right after this break. Right here on K Talk, 1640 AM, 801-331-8113. Have you ever received or gotten a $312 haircut? Give us a call. We'll be back right after this break. Welcome back to The Joe Carey Show. Happy Friday. Our uh, dial-in number is 801-331-8113. 801-331-8113. I want to talk about a story uh, that it it should make you upset. Right? So AOC, right, socialist-in-chief, one of the uh, subterfugers, she goes out and she gets a $312 haircut. Now, that seems like something out of the Petty Cash Fund when you compare it to Bill Clinton's, you know, tarmac haircut, which set us back, I think, $500. But that was, you know, with non-inflated money. Right? So, I mean, AOC at 312 versus 500 back. I mean, AOC got a good deal. My question is this. I don't know anyone who has received a $312 haircut. I, I just don't. And I worked in media. I can't think of anyone who has received a $312 haircut. And you know what? It doesn't bother me if they did. Right? If it's your money, you can spend it as you see fit. The reason this draws our attention to it is because AOC is the socialist, right? AOC is the one saying, you can't make too much money. We've got to tax the rich. May I suggest that if you're getting a $312 haircut, you are by definition rich? Remember, she's the one who said, I don't have enough money to pay for my apartment. When she had to move from the Bronx to D.C., but she's out getting a $312 haircut. It's like Bernie Sanders. We're going to tax the billionaires. It used to be the millionaires. Until what? Until Breadline Bernie joined their ranks. And then he said, no, no, we're going to tax the billionaires. Yeah, because when you own three homes and you have a multimillion dollar book deal, you don't want to tax the millionaires anymore. But what really grates on people from the Bronx is this. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Remember what one of her first acts was after being elected? Do you remember this? Remember Amazon wanted to move into her district? And she, they wanted to create, I think it was $10 billion over 10 years for that economic area. And they were going to hire several thousands of workers at $25 an hour. And do you remember what AOC did? She said it wasn't enough. The 29-year-old who was out getting a $312 haircut is telling the people in her district, yes, I know Amazon wants to pay you $25 an hour. But I'm going to watch out for you. I've got your six. And they're not going to take advantage of you. Well, she was right. They didn't because they packed up and set up camp somewhere else. And along the way, they took their $10 billion. AOC is like the rest of the political class. She talks a great game, but watch what she does. Do you know what her response was? And this show, the, the really, you know, give them the middle finger. Listen to her response. When she was asked about it, do you know what her response was? It was kind of like Elizabeth Warren. Just very snarky. Her response was, they're just mad we look good. Do you really think it's about that, AOC? Do you really believe that at your core? Do you believe that's why people are a little surprised that the 29-year-old socialist would get a $312 haircut? Now, the paper that broke the story They go on to note – now, this blew me away, too. They go on to note that if Ocasio-Cortez would have gone to a government-subsidized barbershop – now, if you're thinking, what's a government-subsidized barbershop? At Capitol Hill, in the basement, they have services for our elected representatives – doctors, dentists, barbers. Why? Well, the thinking is they're so busy doing the people's work – and getting drunk at night at cocktail parties, they don't have the time to go out and make these appointments. So there's a barber shop in the basement of Capitol Hill. And when it says subsidized, that's code for your tax-paying dollars are used to pay for this barber shop. If AOC would have gone and would have gotten the same haircut. Quote, she would have spent around $100 less. What? So they're giving out $212 haircuts in the basement of, of the Capitol building? Stop. Stop. You want to know why people are angry? Do you want to know why when you want to raise taxes, people like Rob are like, enough? Because we're subsidizing a $212 haircut? This was even too much for the socialists. AOC's haircut even triggered the socialists. The Jacobin, a democratic socialist quarterly magazine, responded to AOC's haircut and the cost With a bit of sarcasm, quote, sad to see democratic socialists like Bernie and AOC do things like buy winter coats and get haircuts. Even the socialists are looking the other way. No one's saying AOC shouldn't be able to get a haircut. But do you think in a socialist country you're going to go out and get a $312 haircut? If you're part of the elite, you would. But the rest of the unwashed masses, you think you're going to be able to afford a $312 haircut? You know, I was watching, it was a show over in England, and uh, who was it, Pierce Morgan? He was questioning this woman who's the head of, you know, Save Earth or some organization, and she was talking about how, yes, everybody needs to cut back. Everybody needs to do their part. You've got to shut off the lights. You can't eat as much meat. You can't go dry. Going on this litany, and Pierce Morgan finally said, let me just ask you a question. How did you get here today? The implication was she drove. She's like, well, Pierce, I don't think that's relevant. I don't see how that's relevant. Do you have a television in your home? I I don't see how that's relevant. I don't see how that's an appropriate question. Did you have meat this past week? And she refused to answer the question just like AOC refuses to answer the charge. Because they don't care. Because they know it doesn't matter. Because they know the media is going to give them a buy. It's going to give them a pass. A $312 haircut. And she kills a couple thousand jobs that pay $25 an hour because it's not enough. You're right. Not enough if you want to go out and get a $312 haircut. Amen, sister. I believe you. But it's certainly better than a minimum wage job. But in their world, in their universe, they get to make those decisions. You get to live with the consequences. And it is, it's pervasive. I was talking to Brian during the break. In the city of Chicago, they passed an ordinance where if you own a food truck, you've got to keep a tracker, a GPS tracker on the truck so they know where that truck is all the time and it's not somewhere it's not supposed to be. And those Chicago, the, the Chicago politicians, they look at you. They're like, "Well, what's the big deal?" They need to pass a law that says all these politicians need to wear a GPS tracker, and the lobbyists, so we know when the politicians and the lobbyists are together. We have, we've got, we've got to get right with God. And we've got to be kind. Those are the changes that we need to focus on. And maybe a GPS tracker for the politicians. Uh, We'll be back, right? Well, we're not going to be back. We'll be back on Monday. Stay tuned. Ralph DeLuga, Stranger Than Fiction, up next.
0: thoughtful discussion. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.